Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. So hello everyone, I am, my name is Lee, you can catch. Um, yeah, tonight, hang around towards the end, we've got nachos, they say, but I'm also going to, I'm going to cut loose in the spirit. Yeah? Because the kingdom of God does not consist of words, but of power. You know, one of the things that Pastor Frank said to me at the st- when I was a new Christian, was that like, you know, we are to bear witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you know that? We are to go into the world, and it's foolishness to people. It's a stumbling block to the Jews, because they killed Jesus. Actually, we did, but it's through them. And it's foolishness to the Greeks or the Western mindset. So they think, how can a dead men come back to life again. But this is why we need to preach the gospel with power. The Great Commission is preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils, isn't it? Matthew 10, Luke 10, it says cleanse the leper, raise the dead and all that. Because we are meant to preach a message that there is one day a resurrection of the just and unjust. Whether you believe it or not, there's going to be a resurrection. If you believe in Jesus, if you follow him, it's going to be a resurrection of the just. If you don't like him, there's going to be a resurrection of the unjust. And it's a terrible day that day. Amen. It's not about my favorite doctrine, it's it's scripture. It's in the book of Revelations. So today, we're going to be, um, I'm going to continue on with the miracle offering. I got a word from Pastor Dan here. He says, every year, a percentage of our miracle offering goes towards a local community initiative. Uh, For example, a parents' clinic to support mothers who decide not to abort their babies, which is a good thing. Local food banks and others like this. We're also partnering with uh, Awakening Europe. Last year, they sent aid to help people caught up in the war in Ukraine. As a result, we saw tens of thousands of people receiving aid, hearing the gospel, and many giving their life to Jesus. This year, we'll be partnering with Awakening Europe once again to send aid to Turkey and Syria, which uh, by all accounts, about 26,000 people dead which is significant, to offer support with the recent earthquakes and the damages it has done to that nation. Um, Awakening Europe will be sending out 15 people tomorrow on a scouting mission to see what they can do to see what, and to see what they really need. So it's, you know, we, the, the, the money that we collect and the pledges that we take is going to go to great causes. And also one of my favorite will be, you know, to, to propel us uh, in our missions here, I'm uh, winning souls, and also possibly, you know, to, to get a new venue. Um, you know, if you're here for the morning service, it's always beyond capacity, and it's been like that for the past year, so looking forward to the next season. Thank God for this place, but I am excited for a new venue. Who's excited for a new venue? <laughs> Amen. So today, I, I um, I'm going to open up with this. I've got some slides. Can you bring up the, the first slide, please? Um, in, in March 2020, I, received, I started journaling and began to just practicing the hearing God properly. And God gave me a word about um, Hebrews 12, uh, 12, 26 to 27. And he says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this... Yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. And then Pastor Alex received this recently. I received this word a number of times. There's, there's people around the place getting this word. So basically, God is saying there is coming a shaking upon the earth. If you... Uh, remember or know of the story of Joseph, Pharaoh had a dream in, in the book of Genesis. Pharaoh had a dream, right? And he says he saw um, seven lean cows eating seven fat cows. And Joseph translated the dream and he says, this is the meaning, O king, right? There's going to be seven fat years. There's going to be seven prosperous years followed by seven years of famine. Therefore, 
we should have a plan in place. We should gather up, build storehouses and collect grain so that when the famine hits, we will have grain left over in stock. And when, when the famine hits, it says Egypt end up being the richest nation around the region. Everywhere is run out of grain. People were selling their houses, their properties, their land. People were saying, look, take all our property. We become your slaves. Just give us something to eat. Even the parents of Joseph came down because there's no grain anywhere in that region except in Egypt. Are you following me? Right? So God is saying, now the amount of time this word has come should be taken seriously. One of the, the final, uh, one of the, the time that this came to me was actually when I took um, a week off to spend time with God. And then Isaac was sick. And so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Isaac was sick. I was staying at home. So I went on holiday. Holiday. Instead of spending time with God, which is what my desire, I spent all of that time looking after Isaac because Justina goes to work. And so I remember dropping him off at childcare on a Friday. And I'm thinking, I was feeling dejected. I'm like, God, you know, I hardly take time off. And then here I am taking seven days and and. Four of us taken up looking, at my, looking after my kid. It's like, oh, come on, God. It's like, oh, this is not good at all. And I said, when I got to my worship place, I went to Turidan, and I said, God, can you tell me something cool? And so he gave me that word again. I'm like, and I'm thinking, but you've already given me this word before. I was like, that's not very cool. I drove back to, to Clyde. And um, I went to, uh, to Coles, and then by this stage, I look at Facebook, and it was blown up with the earthquake. Remember that time when there was an earthquake? My Facebook was full of people going, earthquake, earthquake, did you feel that earthquake? Apparently, it's pretty considerable. And the thing is, I didn't feel it at all. I got really excited because the word that I got was, yet once more, I will shake the nation's so that things that cannot be shaken will remain. Can you bring up the next slide, please? All right, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. It says, Therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat his house on the rock, and it did not fall, for it founded upon the rock. But everyone who hears this saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and bit on our house and great was its fall. So if you hear the word of God and you do it, you are building your house upon the rock so that when the shaking comes, you don't move because the rock doesn't move. Are you with me? I believe God is giving us a clue for the years that is to come. Do you know that the last two years there's been a shaking? Do you think that, that is true? There's been a shaking. God is saying there is more shaking. I'm not trying to scare you. God is giving you a way out. You know like when God... Like he knows what's coming up, so he provides a way out for his people. Well, this is the way out. We are in a grace period where God is calling us to do his word and put our life upon the rock so that our life doesn't shake. The world is going to shake. If you put your heart in the world, when the world shakes, you will shake with the world. But if you put your heart and your life upon the rock, upon the Word of God, when you put your trust in God, you will not shake. And you're going to bear witness to the world because the whole world will be freaking out and you're going to be peaceful and relaxed. That's how you're going to bear witness. The world's going to be freaking out and you're going to go, praise God, it's a nice day, isn't it? And they're going to be like, oh my God. And then how do you stay calm? Let me tell you about my King. His name is Jesus. The safest place to be is not in the in a farm, in a forest, in the in central Australia. The safest place in the world is in the middle of the will of God. I think there's a there's a place you can clap that one. 
Finances is a big deal. Finances is one of those areas where we need to place our finances upon the rock. Because it's a big deal. It affects everything. You get here because there's cars. If you don't have, you have a bus. You know, there's, there's, you need money for, for petrol, which is going up. Hey, it's going down actually right now. But you, you need food, you need money for food, you need money for accommodation. You know, electricity is going up, gas is going up. You need money to live. Yes? So we need to, to put our trust in God. And we need to do things God's way. So here's the thing. If we cannot trust God with the 10% and live off 90%, you're going to be in trouble when you need God to live off 100%. I'll say that again. If we cannot give 10, 20% and live off the 80, 90%, if we lose our job and need him for the 100, you're not going to have the faith. Are you following me? Right? You're going to be lying to yourself and say, I trust God when you can't even tithe. When you can't give 10% and live off 90, right? When, he's, when you lose your job or you can't get a job, can say, you know, we just had this. You, you didn't get vaccinated, you can't get a job. <laughs> it's going to be a testing of your faith. Yes? What if a day comes when, you, when someone says, well, you, unless you get this chip on your hand or your forehead, you can't trade or access your money. Are you with me? Sometimes we, uh, we, we shirk away from some of the harder scriptures. But what we do is we're actually doing you uh, an injustice. Because when that day comes and you, you've never heard a sermon about it, never any, hear any God's counsel about it, then you're going to be in trouble. You're not equipped. Are you with me? So God wants us to place our heart and our trust upon the rock. Next slide. So this morning, um, again, I'm just going to show you some evidences of, this is Irenaeus. He's a disciple of Polycarp, a disciple of John, of the book of Revelation, John, 1 to 3, John, the Gospel of John. So his name is Irenaeus. He's the Bishop of Lyons in France, lived uh, around 120 AD to about 200 AD. Uh, he says, this is what he says. I got this from his book, Against Heresies. I'm not going to go into it, but it's just evidence of the early church doing, participating in tithing and giving. Are you with me? Next slide. This is an example from 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 to 3. So Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, take up an offering on the first day of the week. So some people are saying that worship on a Sunday is from the Catholic church. So here in the book of Corinthians, the early church assembled on the Lord's day, on the Sunday. Okay, and then they collect offering. So they have a church service already on a Sunday. And the reason for that is because the Jews don't like him on a Saturday. It is it's one of the, the reasons they, they move to a Sunday because they're getting beaten up on the Saturdays. So rather than fighting every Saturday and running around, they just go, oh, we'll just meet up on a Sunday. You following me? So this happened from, from the earliest times. Next slide. Uh, this is one of the punchline. Pastor Alex mentioned it. And, you know, lucky I didn't use it. I was actually was going to use the scripture about seek first the kingdom of God and all this thing will be added onto you, which is what Pastor Alex preached on this morning. But giving is a test of our faith. God doesn't need your money. You know in heaven, right? It says he's got the, the path is made out of gold. In heaven, gold is used as bricks. It's true. Because to create, God just speaks. The gates is made out of one piece of pearl. So we kill the people. We, we oh my goodness, I'm not going to get into it. You know the American 
political system with the lobby group in every other country that the way it works is called corruption. Because companies can give funds towards politicians. He goes, hey, I give you money, like a million dollars for your campaign. Just remember me when you get in power. And that just, God, you know, like weapons manufacturers. It's like, hey, I'll give you 10 million. Just remember me when you get in power. And then they get in power. It's like, hey, remember I give you 10 million? Like, you're not buying any of my missile. Can you just bomb someone? That's, that's, anyway. It, the whole thing is just, it's not healthy. <laughs> I don't want to go. Just one last thing. I had this article from, the, from a North Korean defector in New York Times saying that America is, is not healthy, I paraphrase, because she saw some of the things that are happening in North Korea now in America. So you've got someone who fled communist North Korea saying America is on a track to becoming North Korea. Are you with me? So coming from someone that came out of North Korea, that's a big deal. Anyway, America's not healthy. The world's not healthy. We're not healthy. UK's not healthy. We need to pray for them, right? I, I used to be in the army a long time ago, passionate about nation, but now I'm just like, man, I don't want to die for any of these people. Would you die for Biden? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, I'll go to war for you. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, no, you can fight your own battles. It's like, I'm out of this. Anyway, I'm a soldier for God. But the point is, giving is a test of our faith. So today's miracle offering is a chance for us to stretch, to stretch ourselves. I'll tell you, I'll share a little bit about what God is doing with me. He, he actually says, he goes, like in a quoted David, it says, far be it from me to give something that costs me nothing. So God, actually, the, the amount I pledge is not, is not that big. But God is saying, he goes, I want you to cut back on coffee. And he goes, the money that should have gone to coffee, I want you to give it in the offering. So weekly and daily is going to be a reminder for me to just like hold back and, and about the miracle offering. Anyway, so it's, it's costing me something. But, you know, that's what we want you to do today. We want you to just pray and have a think and, and you know, just, just see how you want, you know, God wants you to participate in this miracle offering. Amen? Hallelujah. Next slide. All right. This is the main point. I just got one main point in this sermon. Life is in His voice. Life is in His voice. Next slide. One Kings seventeen verse two to seven. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah. So this is the story of Elijah. Elijah just uh, stopped the rain, uh, confronted the prophets Baal. So he's running away now. Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed in by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. I've always been fascinated by stories like this. See, this is why one of the things that God said to me, he goes, sometimes I don't want to tell people about the future, my people about the future, because when I tell people about the future, often they go into their own strength to prepare for my word. What God wants to do is to hear about what's coming to the future, but still rely on him. Like we can hear about a famine coming and then people start stocking up on baked beans. God actually wants us to stay in faith because this whole journey is about faith journey. Are you following me? So if a day is coming when you can't buy or sell, believing for the rapture, but it's a bit blurry. 
You know, the end times is a lot of theory. You know what theory is? Because it hasn't happened yet. And so we, we can believe what we believe. We look at the, the world the way, you know, we, we believe it's going to be. But at the same time, you know, have an open mind because it hasn't happened yet. In the days of Jesus, they believed that the Messiah is going to come and they have a full-on dialogue about what the Messiah is going to say. So the Pharisees, who, you know, to be a Pharisee, you've got to memorize the Old Testament, like all of it. Not one book, all of the book. From, from Genesis to Malachi, you memorize it. It's called the Tanakh, right? It's basically the laws, the prophets, and then the, the, the poems and the historical writings. So they have to memorize all of it. So they know everything about everything. But when Jesus came, they killed him. Are you following me? But the people who didn't know the scriptures accepted him and believed him. So that's why in all our study, in all our education, remember to just lean back and follow God. And be humble because we may be wrong. Yep. So life is in his voice. That's something to meditate upon. The Bible is a book of miracles. I always use this example. People who doesn't believe in miracles, they say, you believe, like the foundation of our faith is that we believe that Jesus died and then rose again. We believe in a man that was supposed to be the prophesied God, the Messiah, getting hanged, dying on a cross, getting stabbed right through the ribs, through his lung, into his heart, and then plasma and blood came out. And then three days later, he got up and then appears through wall. And then in front of 500 people, flew up into heaven. That's the foundation of your faith. So people who say they don't believe in miracles, you got to really check what you're believing in. Because Jesus says to the Pharisees, he goes, you search the scriptures looking for life, but they speak about me and you refuse to come to me. He's like, you know, all these, he's saying that you, you, you can quote everything, but you don't believe in the scripture, nor believe in its power. Everything in the Bible is about the miraculous. Every page of the gospel is miraculous. Next slide. Then the story continues. After Elijah spent the time there, the brook dried up. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarepta, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I highlighted this. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephtha. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Next slide. This is my favorite part. So she said, As the Lord God lives, I do not have any bread only a handful of flour in a bin and a little bit of oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering some cups, sticks, that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's a faith-filled woman. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. This is the mind-blowing thing. This is, I've read these scriptures many times. I know this story. But yesterday, I saw this for the very first time. I always thought Elijah says, give me the whole thing and I'll eat it. But actually he says, he says, make me a small cake. Give me a portion of what you have first and then you can make some for yourself. Next slide. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household for many days, ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil ran dry, according to the word of the Lord, which is spoke by Elijah. Go back three slides. Can you, can you guys follow this? Go back three slides. Back. And then the first one. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, no. Go back. Forward. Forward. Too far forward. 
Yes. Watch this, watch this. While Elijah was at the brook, God says, go to a widow in Zarephtha. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. I believe we are called to arm people to come to a place where you can reliably and have tested yourself and come to a place where you can hear the voice of God and through trial and error and experience can come to this place where you trust it. Hello. In 2019... um, I feel like I should share this testimony, but a part of me not wanting to. So I'm just going to, sorry, I'm just wrestling with God, but I will say it. In 2019, uh, we bought a house in Geelong. My wife has been a nurse for 20 years. She's never been in since, so she's just work and God's home. Okay? So God for a number of years been saying, will you die for Geelong? Will you die for Geelong? Will you die for Geelong? And so I finally said, all right, fine, I'll die for Geelong. So if this is what you've called me to, and if this is all that the, you want from me in my life, then I will do it for you, Lord. I will serve here and preach to these 20, 30 people forever. And so how do you prove that? Well, buy a house, and I was going to get some rotwheelers, and Justina's already making plans um, about you know, chicken coop and aquaponics. And I remember looking in the kitchen one day, we just bought this property probably about a month in, looking at it going, oh, Justina wants the chicken coop there. And I'm like, nah, put it there. And then I remember looking at it and then God just spoke. This loud thought comes in and goes, don't get too comfortable. You're not staying here forever. One month. Don't know about those of you who are clever and with finances. Like, that's pretty stupid. Right? Buying a house and then moving after a month. And not only that, I, didn't, I bought the house in Carayo. Carayo is a bit like the, the pines. No offense to anyone living in the pines, but it was just a bit rough. The reason I picked that spot was because it's for the church. I, I did it for God. Justina wanted to pick a nicer suburb, but I picked Carayo because I want us to be close to the church. So God says, move. So I spent a year just, just like, it's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And then the word came, word came, word came. And finally... We resign in February 2020, and a month later, the lockdowns hits. And what he said to me was, he goes, Behold, I'm sending you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You're going to walk into a, into a house, into a place where, you, you know, into houses that you did not build, vineyard you did not plant. And basically, I go and it's in Deuteronomy. And you know what? Ever since I came here, that has been my reality. I've been just blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. You know, some of you are struggling through the lockdown. But I was actually, it's enjoyable for me because I needed to, to slow down a bit. And my time in prison actually equipped me really well for the lockdowns. I'm so used to living in a one-bedroom place surrounded by criminals that living in a house with five-kilometer radius is a luxury. We can't walk five kilometers in jail. So I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm like, this is better than jail. And I watch the rest of the world going, because you've never been in jail, you're nice people, you're like, ah! And I'm like, this is not too bad. I can walk to the park. i got my kid here, i got my wife. My wife didn't enjoy it, because she'd never been to jail. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> because of his voice, the things that God said was going to happen has been happening and it's just, this is what he says about this season. He goes, the night times for a season, but now is the day. And he says, he goes, the path of the righteous, like the going of the sun, it gets brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So that's actually my life now. That's how I feel inside my spirit. Some people go, you know, what issues you got, Lee? I'm like, man, if I tell you, like, what really goes on in my life, man, it's like, you know, I don't want to make you feel bad. Because it's really, I'm feeling really blessed. And... Even, even, and some of you might need to hear this, even recently, we were thinking, you know, when we moved to 
to Clyde, we were thinking about buying a property. And we looked around and Justina uh, really wanted to live in Berwick, but the prices there, if you know, is pretty expensive. And one day uh, we were going to Fountain Gate and then Isaac fell asleep at the back, so we were just going to drive around. And as we were driving past Berwick, I heard God spoke in my heart and he says, you never know what you can afford. And I felt like there was a house in there prepared for us. So I'm like, hey, Justina. At that time, we were thinking about whether to build a home and land package or buy a pre-existing property. And so I said, I felt like God wants us to buy a property in, in Berwick because there's a house that he's prepared for us. And then Justina was saying, oh, I don't know if we can afford it. And I said, look, for once, you know, like in Corais, like we picked a spot that you didn't really like. So what about now we pick a spot that you're going to love? And right after I said that, there was a Metricon truck pulled up and he said, you know what the logo is? Love where you live. <laughs> Me being gracious, I said, oh, look at that. Look at that. Look, look, look. You know, God's backing me up. Love where you live. We're going to pick that spot. With that simple word, God saved us a lot of money because we're thinking about buying a building, right? And so God is saying, pick a pre-existing home. Then I discovered about the the builder's crisis, about them going bankrupt, uh, delaying in build. And you can actually add about 100K onto your cost. And there's people that's building houses that are still not built. About a year, two years in delay. And still, it's... You know, still is not getting fixed, and there's rental crisis, and that's why we're like, we want to get out of this place. Uh, not long after that, our rent, we got a, a letter saying that our rent's going to be bumped up by $50 per week. So it's like, I think it's time to get out of this rental market um, and, and, you know, get a property. So we start looking for a house in Berwick. Uh, cut a long story short, we, we got rejected three times. You know, we, we bid and lost, and we got our offers denied basically three times. And each time, like, you know, it hits our confidence thinking we really can't afford to, to get a house in Berwick. And, and each time we lose courage, God would speak and goes, no, no, look for a house. Look for a house in Berwick. Look for a house in Berwick. Look for a house in Berwick. And then finally, um, around Melbourne Cup there, I kept seeing the number 888 which is, by the way, the, the bus route in, in Berwick. But I kept seeing the number 888. And then on Melbourne Cup Day, we just thought, we're going to look at some property again. And then we looked at this property, and it was a bit weird. The guy extended his garage, but didn't, didn't do up the wall. So it's just like bricks. And it's really weird. So you're standing in the kitchen, and you're looking into the garage. It's extended garage, and it's like, like it's just weird. You know what I mean? just really weird. All the houses for that price that we were going to bet we we're going to buy was just that weird. Anyway, so the guy says, hey, I've got this other property. Would you like to have a look at it? So I Googled the property, thought it's about 50K above our absolute maximum price that we can afford. And I said, oh, there's no point looking. We can't afford this. Then he said to me, he goes, hey, you just never know what you can afford. So I said, no, no, no. Look, seriously, we just got we applied for a house that was around our budget and we got beaten, right? I don't think we should apply for a house that's 50K above our max. And he says, look, I'm not here to waste anyone's time. If I didn't think you can afford it, I wouldn't invite you. So would you like to come and have a look? So we're like, all right, sure. So we went and looked at it and the place was nice. Every house that for that price that we can afford, you know, it was a rectangle and you're like, what's the big deal? But have you seen a house that like a docahedron? <laughs> you know, like a, like a six, you know, have you seen a property it was like a six-sided or seven-sided property? Yeah, like that. Like the property for that price with like weird shape, like, like you got this weird shape that, you know, you can't even pronounce. It's like six-sided, seven-sided property. Like, yeah, or, you know, it's just weird. And so we walked to this place, and the place is a square. It's just like rectangle. I'm like, wow, it's amazing. The land is flat. And you're like, you're laughing. But the house we looked at before, the, the backyard was like this. You know, for that price, everywhere you look, it was just like the bottom of the barrel. It was just something weird about that house. And so to walk into a house where it's just square, that's how I can describe it. <laughs> this is how bad it is. It's just a square house. 
It's like normal house. No weirdness, just a normal house. I'm like, wow, it's beautiful. Even our house in Korea, the, the floor's like that. Like you come in and you're like, like one side's like this. They did a home like in a backyard reno and then like you walk into one room's like that and then the other room's like this and you're like, this one was like square. Anyway, it's just, anyway, he goes, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. Playing it cool. I'm like, this is amazing. He goes, what would you like to put in an offer? Yeah, sure. I was like, I'm telling you, this is what we can afford. I mean, like we, this is absolute. This is actually 5K above what we can normally, we're comfortable with. And he goes, yep, sure. He goes, I've done, like, trust me, I've done the hard yard. So we put in an offer. I remember we go into Springvale. We filled it in front of, Isaac fell asleep again. We filled it in front of the fur place in the parking lot. Put in the application, 12.30. And 5.30, we got it. We paid 50K less than what the house should be worth. Some of you need to hear that. And, and again, I, I wrestled with, with sharing this scripture and then I spoke to Prophet Steve McCracken. He goes, mate, he goes, don't deny, like testimony means to do it again. He goes, don't rob someone the opportunity to actually receive their miracle. He goes, share the testimony, but glorify God. And that's what I want to share with you. It's like the life is in the voice. I'm a living example of this. It's like I can... This is why, because people ask me, it's like, how is your life? It's like, my life is good because it's beyond good. Because during worship, what I do is I remember the goodness of God. I remember how I'm in debt and because of the voice of God, I'm out of debt. I remember meeting Justina for coffee and then God says, that's your wife and I've been blessed. I remember following God, you know, when we had a miscarriage and God says, you know, I'm going to repay you. Although the canker worm has eaten. He gave us a prophetic word for, for Isaac and Isaac has come and he's a blessing. And now I've got this house. I move here because of the voice of the Lord. I've got the house because of the voice of the Lord. I am blessed, healthy, whole because of the voice of the Lord. And now I look at the future and I'm excited because I'm thinking, I'm seeing it. It's like I'm actually not afraid of famine and war because I'm friend with God. I hang on to Him and He will tell me where to be, where to stand, what to do, what not to do, what to invest, what not to invest, how to behave. He tells me these things. And my life has just been going up and up. And that's why I say it's like, it's like sometimes... I don't want to go into detail because I know some of you, some people are struggling. And I remember when I struggle and I hear this testimony, it kind of, it can make me mad. You know, like when you're, when you're really struggling and then you hear someone just kicking goals, it just, it's a bit of envy, a bit of jealousy, but it can upset you. But I don't want this to upset you because what God has done for me, He wants to do to you. If you're in debt, God wants to pay that off, man. I, rem- I lost it. I remember when my credit card got paid off. I cut it up, but I kept the piece and I stuck it on my wall. And every time I walked past, I would go, hallelujah. Because I look at that and I'm like, I've been in debt since the age of 18. You know how I got out of it? God told me seven things to do to get out of debt. I did the sixth. I didn't do the first one. And it took me like 10 years to do the first thing. And that's how long it takes to get the breakthrough. If I did it straight away, I would have got the breakthrough straight away. But I, I, didn't, I didn't really trust the voice of God. I didn't know what to do. But if I did what God said, I've been out of debt long ago. Are you following me? It was, take, it was actually stewardship. I used to spend 110% out of 100% that you earn. And that's why when I believed God for the miraculous, God never gave it to me because I had a leaking bucket. My bucket's leaking. Even if God gave me $50,000, I would spend $550,000. I mean, like $50,000, I would spend $55,000 because I always spend 110% out of 100%. 
And it's not until I spend 90 and 80 that God can start blasting the debt away because now I don't have a licking bucket. Are you following me? And then the rest of it was like, back at that time, I didn't, um, I wasn't declaring my income. I was doing cash on hand. And so God was saying, okay, one, you don't trust me. Two, you're lying. Three, you're stealing. Not declaring my income. So I'm forbidding the government getting their share. So that's what God said to me. And he goes, fix those things. And anyway, I can't remember now, but it was that first bit was what I didn't do. I didn't take stewardship. I did the rest. I didn't do the first bit. But when I did the first bit, that was the breakthrough. I did it when I was going through the school of fire. I started saving $10 a week. And it's funny, $20 a week. But that's, that's a miracle for me. And at that moment, God broke the the spirit of poverty. He broke the devour out of my life. And so, so what I'm trying to say is follow his voice. If you don't know how to hear God, I recommend a book. It's called Four Keys to Hearing God. I'm always going on about it. But because when I read that book, it felt like I got born again. I discovered God. Before that, I had a theology of the relationship with God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. Through that book, it's not about how to be a prophet. It's not about words of knowledge. It's not about deliverance. It's not about any of that. It's about having a relationship with God. And out of that relationship comes the word of knowledge, comes the prophecy, comes the healing, comes the deliverances. What I do today and last few, whatever you've been seeing, is the outworking of that relationship. I am a friend of God. He tells me things. And then when I have doubt, I tell him things. When I'm upset about something, I will tell him. You know, that house that I just, we just bought, I didn't ask for it. He just kind of spoke. And then I watched how he spoke at every point where I got discouraged. I could, that filled my heart with joy. And I kept telling people, it's not that the house is why I'm happy. It's because I have the God that gave me the house. Because he's been giving me things throughout the way and it's just exciting. My life is fun. My life is awesome. And God wants to do that with you because the world is going to shake. You need to have this relationship with God. You can't survive through the Antichrist on baked beans. You need to stand where he tells you to stand and go where you need to go and not go where he tells you not to go. Are you following me? So before we take up the miracle offering, can I just get Aaron to come up? I know that took my... Is it all right? I just want us to just... to just lean back and just have a chat with God here and down so already. Just say, hey God, how do you want me to participate? So if you need giving sleep, we'll take up pledges. I, I did a pledge because... What God wants to do with me is going to cost me sort of like on a weekly basis. It's holding back, having self-control. And so we're just going to take a few minutes. So can I get the ushers as well to come up the front? If you need a giving envelope, I think there's some on the seats already. If you need pen, lift up your hands. And one of our usher will help you. Young people, if you want to participate, you can do so as well, you know. There's a story in the Bible about a, a widow who gave the two mites. Some say she gave like 50 cents, but that's all she had. The 50 cents wasn't 50 cents, it was 100%. It was everything that she had. That's why Jesus says that woman has given more than the rest of them. So you... Those of you who are struggling financially, it's like, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. Are you with me? Can I get that? In my heart. And if you're ready, just come up the front and just put the, the money or the pledges on those baskets. And we're going to give back five minutes to do that before we stomp on some devils.
testimony as well. I used to have like joint problems and I started going to the gym and then God says, I want you to squat every time you go there. Anyway, it turns out that when you start squatting and doing exercises, the, the muscles tighten up and it causes all the joint pains to disappear. So my ankle, my knees, my back is the best they've been in 20 years. So I am so blessed physically. I'm blessed mentally. I'm blessed spiritually. I'm blessed financially. It's really, it's really good. Because I'm a friend of God. And it's not something I claim. He actually said it. That's the beautiful thing. He goes, you're my companion. I'm like, wow, what an honor. I'm a friend of God. And you know, we can't end any service without giving people the opportunity. It's like, He wants to enter into a relationship with you. So if you don't know God, here's your chance. He says, my sheep will hear my voice. God, when you turn your heart to, to God, He comes and fills you. You become His temple. And God will speak from your inside. Like some people say, you know, I can't hear the audible voice of God. That's not where He is. He's inside. He speaks from inside of you. So He sounds like you. Again, but it begins with asking Jesus, say, hey, you know what, God? I want to turn my heart back to you. Away from the world, back to God. Say, hey, God, I'm sorry for living life my own way. I'm sorry for being the king of my life. I want you to be the king, God. I humble myself and say, hey, step in, God. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Be my Redeemer. Be the lover of my soul. So if I get every head bowed, eye close. Is there anyone here? You may have been away from God or you never had that relationship. Can you lift your hand? Is there anyone? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? join me in this prayer dear Heavenly Father thank you for loving me thank you for dying on that cross to make a way for me to return to you step into my heart once again fill me speak to me adopt me fill me with your love and make me your child. I thank you, God, for this day, for this gift. And I promise to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Why don't we give the round of applause for those who just accepted and pray that prayer for the very first time. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.